Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to uh, what is indeed the second season of Plug In and Play. If you told me I'd do one, more than one episode of this, I would have said you were mad. But uh, to do a second season has been quite a blessing. And uh, I've been very fortunate to call upon some fantastic people to come back and um, indulge me, as it were, in the second season of talking about games and getting to know the people behind the controller effectively. And that's kind of what plug-in and play is all about. It's not just about the gaming, but it's trying to get to know the individual I'm speaking to and uh, trying to talk to people within my life who in some way signify something important and uh, really inviting people on who uh, I care a great deal about. And so my name is Wayne Madden, and I'm absolutely delighted actually for the first episode of season one to invite on a man who, and I thought about this last night, and I was, I was thinking, how do I introduce him? And I thought, well, he's a creator. He's a creator. He's a visionary. He's a director. He's an artiste. He's a filmmaker. You may know his work from Easy as Pie Productions. You may know his work from Dead Real Films. You may indeed know him as the creative lead of New Enterprise Studios, or you may know him as the host of the fantastic and soon-to-be award-winning Movie Madness podcast on Spotify. Um, yes, but I'm absolutely blessed and humbled and honoured to be sharing this opportunity to talk with um, someone I think I can finally call a good friend after knowing him many, many years, Mr. Henry Thompson. Honestly, you work my ego far <laughs> too hard. If, if the audience hears a loud pop, it's probably my brain exploding from the amount of ego you give me. That's way too big of an introduction, man. I'm uh, just a dude. No, I t but you see... You did this man, the master, the, the legendary Henry Thompson. Blah, yes. Blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just a dude, man. Come on. Also, you said season one. First episode of season one. Did I? I think you meant season two. No, I, I thought I'd said season two. You definitely said season one. Don't Damn. worry about it. It's okay. Damn it. It's fine, man. It's fine. People, <sighs> people tune in to hear the realism, the, the mistakes, and the warts and all attitude <laughs> of gaming. That's what it is. Well, a lot of, a lot of people have and listened. Yes. And when you're streaming, they probably sit and watch you simulate walking. On your walking simulators. Well, they imagine how cool it would be to be walking themselves. On my treadmill playing <laughs> Death Stranding. Hey, you know, that'd be cool to do. Yeah, somebody, I saw one, yeah. one guy do that. Somebody did that in Japan. They were like playing Death Stranding by walking on their treadmill. But we've had, well, during, during season one, we had a lot of people, season one being the last season. We had a lot, ah. yes. We had a, I got it right this time. Uh, we had a, good job, do well. <laughs> He, he card read good. Excellent. Um, it's current, you idiot. <laughs> disregard. So um, we had a lot of people writing in and sending me messages and contacting me randomly on Facebook, which was lovely and sort of saying, you know, I've been sitting here listening to the podcast as it comes out every Wednesday and I've really been enjoying it and kind of taking that journey with you and learning more about the individuals on the show. And that's wonderful. And those of you who will be a regular, and if you're not a regular, by all means, go back and listen to season one as well as today's show and as well as every other show in the future. Yeah, do your research, people. Yes. But um, in much the same way, we are going to start off this episode by asking Mr. Thompson some um, 
personal questions of his gaming history. Bisexual. Yes. Xbox um, and PlayStation. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Everything but Switch. <laughs> I don't do Switch. Wow. Uh, he's re- not yeah. a four-year-old girl. He's he's really against the Switch. Uh, but that's another thing that will. Because I'm an adult male. <laughs> that's another thing that we'll come to in a minute. Um, no, I love I, my I grew, Switch. I grew Silence. Too early for Pokemon. Man. Okay. If I'd grown up later, I would have been all over it. Okay. Um, okay. Well, the first the first question. Um, your question early the first. Yes. Your earliest memories of gaming. What are they? My earliest memories of gaming is uh, probably playing King's Quest is the first game I can remember actually naming all the way back on like original DOS and having to work out uh, the different things. Pick up pebble. Sorry. Pick up rock. Uh, Pick up stone. Oh, it's a stone. Okay, cool. (laughs) Throw stone. Okay. Drop stone. Okay, put stone in your butt. You know, and having to work out the fucking words you have. Oh, you allowed to curse on plug and play? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cunt pickles. <laughs> um, <laughs> and having to work out all the syntax because uh, the game didn't know how to do it. I mean, I played other shit before that on, like, uh, my brother's Commodore. We had Namiga yes. and all that sort of stuff. But I don't remember any of the names of the games. The first game I specifically remember by name is the original King's Quest by Sierra. That's the okay. first one I remember, because uh, it must have taken me, fuck, I don't know, four weeks to figure out how to beat that game. Yeah. With no with no guidance except for just trying to work out what every possible combination could be in the syntax. And in some ways, you know, this is why kids today are so fat and lazy and stupid, <laughs> because they, their games are just handed to them on a platter. There's no education involved in playing a game today. Uh, my poor mom, she tries to play shit. And she's terrible at games. And so, luckily, now all the games are literally made for anyone. Single-celled organisms can play games. So she just walks them. Her character never dies. It never gets injured. She just presses one button and it does like all the combos for her. I was playing Guardians of the Galaxy last night and I saw there's an option where you can trigger... Oh, if you do a huddle, you have to pick the right answer. Well, we can just give it to you all the time, the right answer all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, and also when you're fighting, you could occasionally get killed. We can just make it so you don't get killed. Don't worry about that at all if you just want to enjoy the story. But also, there's lots of options with the story, but we can just do, do the options for you if you don't want to make mistakes. And it's like, come on, man. I, Consequence yeah. is one of the main things about games. I do I do agree with that because I remember, like I know you mentioned about your brother's Commodore, I can definitely remember playing Terminator 2 Judgment Day on the Commodore and not being able to get past one specific level and having like family nights where we were all taking turns that after your character died, you'd pass the controller to the next person. Couldn't you have green dots into that red yes. square? Yes, yes. Yeah, I get you. And um, there was also, there was it was similar like that though. There were games where you just really, one of one of the best examples is Altered Beast. Uh, which of course was on the Genesis Stroke Mega Drive and when I played it on the Mega Drive it was a deceptively difficult game that was the nature of Altered Beast years later on the Xbox 360 I got it as a part of a digital download as part of the Sega Classics Arcade thing and you could put the difficulty to very easy and you could finish the game in like 15 minutes I think the the secret with the old classic games, especially Genesis days, yes, original NES days, they were all so fucking short. You had yes. to make them really tough and yeah. hard to replay the level. So, like I remember Altered Beast, 
if my memory serves, it was like um, you had to do it in one run. There was no mm-hmm. saves exactly. You could have a level right. code, yes. I think maybe, but that was it. Yes. And so you'd have to like get really fucking good, yeah. learn exactly how to pull it off. And like when you were the lizard dude, if you just just used the wrong electricity, the body electricity instead of the shooting electricity yeah. of the last guy, he would fucking rape you every time. I mean, I know, I know one example, one modern example, or more modern, would be Crash Bandicoot. If you look at the original Crash Bandicoot trilogy, the original PS1 Crash Bandicoot game is that much more difficult. And thankfully, even with the remasters that they brought out recently, is that bit more difficult than the third one, which you basically just walk. Yeah, you can really see a, a progression in yeah. uh, that whole simplifying thing. Yes. Uh, and it was the same with the Spyros and all those. It was like the PlayStation generation was when they went, shit, we don't need to make it hard. We can just make it better. Yes. And then uh, hilariously, 20 years later, Crash Bandicoot 4 is like literally the most cunty game <laughs> in the history of bullshit. It's <laughs> awesome to play through and it's really challenging and enjoyable. Yes. But if you want to like platinum it, it's like the most awkward, evil platinum in the history because you have to be so fucking pinpoint exact on everything to win anything. Yeah. But you can beat the game and have like 7,000 deaths. But they, they did take the whole Dark Souls approach with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also got a major bug up my ass about things like Elden Ring. Yeah. I, I was going to. Elden well, Ring is the most overrated game that has ever been created. That, that's interesting, isn't it? Because they bring along things like Elden Ring and Dark Souls. And they sort of play on what we were just talking about. The old school sort of try and make it as hard as possible and learn from every failed attempt in much the same way as Crash Bandicoot 4. And yet at the same time, they're kind of doing it for the wrong reasons with, you know, yeah. Well, I know you really dig on nostalgia. I do, yes. yes. I've noticed there's a big uptick trend in nostalgia. There's shitloads of platformers again. There's shitloads of side-scrolling beat-em-ups. There's shitloads of these fucking terrible tank control kind of knockoff Resident Evils and all these things coming out, especially in the indie game market. They seem to be looking back and going, what can we rip off? What can we recreate? But we'll put a slight modern swing on it, like the lead character's black or something. And it's like... No, seriously, like, like, the only change I've seen in some of these games is like, hey, what if, right? What if it was Crash Bandicoot, but instead of a Bandicoot, he was a piece of toast? You know, some <laughs> bullshit, stupid fucking twist like that. Yes. And it's like, but it just plays like the old game. Um, but yeah, with those games getting easier and easier, and it was nice, and it was great, the thing that made why I've got such a bug up my ass about Elden Ring and how it's the most overrated game in history, you know, nothing but 10 out of 10 scores, oh, game of a generation and all this sort of shit. It's like you take Skyrim and you cut, just hide all the lore. Yes. Hide all the lore and make it text boxes. Fuck voice acting. Make it all text boxes. Yes. Let's make people read again. And then... Will make it crushingly difficult, but only so far in as the controls are absolute fucking trash. Like your character moves, like he's cover, like he's in molasses or something. Yes. and you know you've got your little dodge, but he's weak and he's a, he's pathetic. You're just pathetic the whole game through. And I honestly just fucking couldn't stand it. The cameras are garbage. I mean, it plays like a PS One game, but then you look back at Crash Bandicoot. The one thing it had perfectly was its um, the platforming. 
the jumps were perfectly arranged and sized. You know, the character was unbelievably responsive. You could yeah. move and jump midair and, and reposition yourself and find, like, Road to Nowhere is a classic because every jump is perfectly positioned to where it's like full jump, full jump, full jump, half jump, half jump, full jump, half jump, half jump spin, jump, full yes. jump, half jump. And if you learn the rhythm of it, you can do it, no problem. Mm. But then I played Elden Ring or, you know, I played, like, the Demon Souls and everything. And my character is basically, like, a turn-based character in an action game. Yeah. I felt like I was having to do fucking Mortal Kombat combinations to have walk forward two steps. It's like that joke on The Simpsons with Waterworld. Yeah. He, he's like, 40 quarters takes one step. You are dead. Game over. Please insert 40 quarters. What That's what Elden Ring feels yeah. like. Yeah. And yet everyone's like, oh, my God, it's fucking amazing. It's like... So much better than Skyrim, and so much better than this, and so much better than that. It's it's bullshit, man. I think even George, uh, George R. R. Martin, yeah, uh, Martin from fucking Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, even he would admit he wrote that on the weekend. That was his Phantom Menace. So, so what about a um, what about a game that you that you not just adore, but that you absolutely love? Like, do you have a favorite game of all time? And if you do. And I was I was thinking about this, and I was thinking there's there's one that he could possibly pick because I know actually there's two because there are, there are two that you've told me over the years that you adore and that mean a lot to you. But is there? Do you have like a favorite game, and if so, what would it be, and why? Well, it's uh, I'll have to break it into sections. Yeah. So like my favorite all over game just for playing in general is Tetris. Okay. And specifically in the modern day Tetris effect is just like an absolute masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play that like every day. But if it comes down to like what's a, overall in the, in the gaming echelon, which game was the one that triggered you to be like a kid who plays games into a real gamer mm. would be uh, the first Half-Life. Okay. Because back, back then, uh, early PC days, like in the mid-90s, I was doing tons of like uh, role-playing games and uh, RTSs, big Command & Conquer fan. Yes. Um, and I got it on the very early boom of FPSs with Wolfenstein and Hexen yeah. and fucking uh, Blood, Blood and then uh, Redneck Rampage and Shadow Warrior and all the all the 3D Realms things. And they were all good fun. Like Duke Nukem 3D is an amazing game. And they were all good fun, but you, you always felt like this is arcade. This mm-hmm. is, this is uh, forgettable. It's bubblegum entertainment. And that's what that genre was to me. And then Half-Life was like going from Blood Rain to Schindler's List in the sense that all of a sudden I felt like as a kid, I mean, what was I? I would have been like 15 or something Mm -hmm. when I played it. And it felt like the first mature game I played. Not because it had tits or or ass or anything. No, no. But because it felt like it was trying to tell me a fucking story. Yes. And, you know, having a non-voiced protagonist just made me feel more included in the story. I thought it had amazing set pieces. It consistently blew me away all the way through. Up until you get to Zen. Then it goes to shit. But, yeah. you know, hey, let's not talk about that. Um, and, yeah, even to this day, I think it still holds up as a really great starting point uh, in gaming. Uh, even even though, effectively, it is just the best. It's it's interesting. You know, the story is a total yeah. ripoff. No offense, Mark Laidlaw, but it's a total <laughs> ripoff of the best. Because you were you were talking about Command and Conquer, and I was actually thinking it's not something I thought about for a long time. But I had a friend in school who I would spend evenings with after school, 
and he had a PC in his home, which was at a time when, especially myself, few of my friends had a PC, and we would play Command and Conquer. Mm-hmm. And when you talked about Do the you know first which one, yeah, it was it was basically I can remember distinctively it it was it w- it would have been like DOS or MS. It would have been like early like Windows ninety five or ninety eight. Yeah, but and I mean, was it like original Command and Conquer C and C, or was it like Red Alert? Or I I want to say Dune I, even because they did the Dune game. I want to say it was Red Alert. I mean, what I can remember. Dis- well, were you against the Russians or was well, everyone killing Tiberium? No, no, it was it was against the Russians. Then it was probably Red Alert. Because I can distinctively remember like what we thought were, was great at the time in terms of the technology, which now you look at it and go, oh, bless them. But what we <laughs> thought was great at the time was the FMVs with the characters who would play like the roles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's, in, some, there's some great actors in Yeah, like FMVs. didn't they get Tim Curry at one point? In Tim Com- Curry yeah. plays the, the premier. That's uh, right, that's right. His, his second in command is Yudo Kier, played Yuri. And, and Red Alert uh, 2 and 1. And that very much reminded me of Malcolm McDowell and um, Mark Hamill in Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. And I think Jonathan Reese davies was in either three or four or one of them. But that was another example of where you had like really named actors. It wasn't a great game, unfortunately. As I didn't oh, find Commander's it. Wing Commander's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it deserved a million sequels, but it's no. all right. I yeah. mean, it's no night, you know, it's no night trap, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. Don't get caught in the night trap. <laughs> hey man, don't dog a night trap. That's a that's a great fourteen minutes of game right there. Great fourteen <laughs> I, minutes. I saw this like um, BBC journalism report that was done when Night Trap was originally released, and it was obviously based on. Uh, is this one of those ones where it's like this is going to horrify kids because they're making you have these semi-clad women and these oh these yeah black-clad individuals are trapping them and it's horrible. And yeah, it's like, and it's like dude, it's a- they they right. So somewhere deep buried inside Night Trap is probably a really awesome R-rated game. Yes, but they tried to censor themselves so much. I mean, it's fucking pathetic that anyone got so uppity about it. I can understand Mortal Kombat, but they were holding Night Trap up against Mortal Kombat yes. In, yes. Like, the ES- when they created the SRV, and it was like they, they're just vampires. They're not even fancy. They're just fucking vampire story. No big deal. It's not like they were raping anybody or like no. setting fire to them or anything. They were just nibbling on their necks and everyone went, oh, I'm a vampire now. It was very, it was very weird because when that happened at the time, obviously it was held up as an example by U.S. senators who talked yeah. about like... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, it was like, not Jack Thompson, but like that led to the ESRB getting created. Yes, yes. But um, the That's thing I was always more surprised by was not the violence or the... Or the uh, the vampires, or even the scaly clad girls. I was just always more like, who builds a fucking house where like randomly a wall will shove to a hole <laughs> on another wall, and it goes down to like a dungeon? It's just like, who built this stupid fucking house? How do these characters wind up in such a stupid house that's built? And deli- it's like Death Trap Dungeon, but like for uh, <laughs> one of yes. those reality shows where we're gonna flip it. Can you imagine one of those flipping guys comes in and they're like, this is a great living room. We can put some good couch over here. We can put some new lights up here. We put this big death trap in the wall. Yeah, it's really exciting. I I remember distinctively like the very start of that game when you're getting the briefing from the Marines and they're like, you know, um, we'll have some special help from our friends at base and it's them and the character just points to the screen and one of the other characters is like, who the hell is that? And then the character is just like, you know, 
There are special helpers. They're going to get us through the mission. And we believe in them. And it's just like, it's the corniest like acting ever. But like part of that's what made those things know, so special. Yeah. Like I love the original Resident Evil. Don't open that door. Oh. <laughs> and not even the voice acting, which is absolutely <laughs> dreadfully hilarious. Like you'd think they were winging it. Like it wasn't even like badly translated. They were just winging it. Like yeah. They got interns. These were actual actors. You'd think yes. they were fucking interns working for the company or something. But um, no, I mean like the the full motion FMV in the beginning yeah. of Resident Evil One, yeah, where <laughs> you know they'd shot it. And, uh, Brad gets killed by the fucking Joseph. No, oh, Joseph, yes. sorry, gets killed yes. by the dogs. That's it. That's right. Brad's the helicopter guy. In the... Brad Vickers, yeah. Chicken Gate. Yeah, go ahead. And <laughs> he's got to like lift up the gun and then have that bad reaction where he's like, <gasps> and, and it's all like cutaways, terrible, terrible cutaways. It's. Like you ball directed them or something? Well, that was that was like completely on that was completely censored for the original one, and yeah. then on the director's cut, also censored. Yeah, but there was like there's a version at some point it's color that's, or something. Yeah, and then you can see like basically the whole scene with Joseph and the dogs, and yeah. even when they're mauling like, them. Japanese version, I think. So yes, that's uncensored. Yes, because I bought in like '96. I think it was I bought Director's Cut, which I gave to you. That's Before right. I gave you That's my original right. PS1 yes. Director's Cut. Well, I bought that expecting it has on the box yeah. uncensored. And then it was still very fucking censored. And like one scene brought back. And oh, I think like Chris lights up a smoke. Oh, and all you, yeah, all you get is like. <laughs> which you couldn't even do nowadays. Well, that's it. Like one of the main differences is. Um, uh, Forrest Speyer, the sniper rifle guy, he ends up coming back as a zombie. Yeah. So he was never in the original, or you just saw his body. But in the director's cut, you walk into the room, and it's like, oh my god, Forrest! And Forrest is a zombie, and you have to basically shoot him. And if you do, you get a special key or something. So. Oh, Jill! Yeah. You're nearly a Jill sandwich. Chris is our old partner, you know. I hope it's not Chris's blood. Chris says blood. <laughs> Fucking uh, awesome voice acting, man. So, what are you? Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> what are you? Um, what are you currently playing at the moment? Uh, I'm replaying Returnal to get to the new DLC content. Okay. Because I had a British copy, and now I've got the American copy off the Premium uh, Plus Premium. So, I'm having to play it again from scratch. But I don't care because Returnal's a really fun game. Uh, and I'm playing the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Basically, everything they gave me for free on Plus. I don't normally buy many games anymore. Well, this is this is an interesting segue. This is something that no doubt a lot of our listeners will be very intrigued by. Um, so you have an American account yeah. and based in England as at the moment, and you have an American account for many years, obviously that you brought across with you, yeah. um, and. PlayStation have recently introduced like this tiered system. I got an email about it yesterday from my UK account, but obviously in England it's not coming into force for another sort of six weeks-ish, six oh, to eight no, weeks. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's available on the 21st. On the 21st. Tuesday. Okay, next Tuesday. Or it might be the 23rd, something like that. It's next week anyway. Okay, so they're bringing it into force then, but obviously the Americans have had it first. The Asians, of course, they, yeah. they had it before anyone, but... So PS Plus trash, it, yeah, yeah, it's that's totally it. Okay, it's a waste okay. of time. It. I'll put it to you this way: if you buy a lot of games or do a lot of like used gaming, yes, in the sense of buying a lot of cheap games, then it's total waste of your time. 
Okay. If you don't, or if you have a digital only console, then it's great because you know they're giving you last year's titles more or less. You know, it comes with it comes with Demon Souls, it comes with Returnal, it comes with Miles Morales, it comes with Spider Man, comes with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and a few other things, and like two hundred or three hundred PS4 games, but they're all obviously old. There's nothing new in there. Yes. Um, and then the Classics Collection is a fucking joke uh all the ps2 games that were on ps4 are there yes one psp title echo chrome and then the ps1 classics is uh like aims odyssey wild arms i believe wild arms there's uh jumping jumping flash okay uh intelligent cube siphon filter and then two worms games and then tekken 2 not even tekken 3 wow and it's like that's the full collection that's fucking ridiculous. Like, I'll just say... Yes. Big PlayStation fan. I played PlayStation for years, and I had to buy myself a PS5 purely for the um, the DualSense 5 controllers just so fucking good. Yes. Like, that's next level. They actually went next level with that shit. Whereas I had, like, the Xbox, and the controller's like, meh. And, you know, it's, it's fine. Yes. But it didn't win me over, like... The, the PlayStation controller would be over to that, that the loading times. I yeah. Have have it. Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll back you up on the PS5 controller for sure, because I've noticed that that the more I've played PS5 games in particular, as opposed to PS4 yeah, yeah, games, yeah. but I'd sort of finished Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5, and I spent about a week to 10 days just slowly going through it all. And after that, I went back to play the Ratchet and Clank, the remaster of the original one on PS4 through my PS Plus account. Yeah. And actually, it ended up that um, in reality, I immediately felt the difference. And especially when I play Grand Theft Auto V remastered on the PS5 and you sort of stand on the roof and it starts raining and you, and can, you can feel, feel the, the raindrops. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing for me is uh, I didn't want one. So yes. I, I bought a PS5 for my girlfriend like mm-hmm. last April. And she was playing it and playing Astrobot. Oh, this is so great. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you're thrilled. Honey. I don't need a PS5. I'm perfectly happy sitting here on my PS4. Yes. No interest, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Because she always complained I always had the newest tech before her. Mm-hmm. So I deliberately was like, I'm going to get you a 5 and I'm not getting one. So you can see that you've got the new tech and be very proud of yourself and all that shit. And she's like, no, play one level. And I'm like, oh, fine, I'll play one level. And I jumped on it within five minutes of playing like the ice level. I was just like, oh, God damn it. Now I've got to play one. <laughs> like, it just instantly won me over. Yes. Yeah, even though I hated the look of the console. I hated the price sticker. I hated the, the selection of fucking upload games. Yes. And I'm just like, God, you know, here's the problem with gaming. I'll tell you straight my, my feelings with gaming. Okay. You only want to be playing the shit console because they're going to try harder to keep your business mm-hmm. and to find more business. So, for example, Xbox 360, uh, sorry, Xbox fucking dominated uh, PlayStation 3. Xbox 360 destroyed PS3. These PS3 was trash. Mm-hmm. PS3 was a joke. It was more expensive. It was technically slower. Xbox had a better selection of games. PlayStation was dead in the water. After the huge highs of PS2, Xbox had fully fucked them, took over. They were the winner. 
And then Xbox just cruised that generation because of it. It didn't give a shit. Whereas PS3 built up a really good fucking media player. They started pumping up things like the Uncharted series. They started really having to, oh shit, we've got to reinvest in like new excellent games. Mm-hmm. And they fought fucking hard and won so much, curried so much favor that by the time PS4 was announced, everyone wanted a PS4. Whereas Xbox, who'd been winning so much and they don't need to fight anymore, they were like, not only are we going to give you a new console that you don't need, uh, we're going to make you have a fucking camera with it. Yeah. And we're going to charge you X amount of money for online and you'll never play offline and you'll never do this and we'll no, no more fucking used games. And everyone just went, oh, I'll go to PlayStation then. Yeah. And PlayStation, the best move they did for that whole thing, I don't know if anyone's got the memory for it, they were like, how do you share games for the PS4? And they just had a video of two guys standing together and one hands a box to the other guy. Yeah. And he goes, oh, thanks. And that, like, won the day. And yes. so PS4 came out, destroyed Xbox. Xbox has been fighting back ever since. And I would say about mid-generation of PS4, they went, oh, we're the winners. And now they've never tried since. Yeah. So, yeah, we have our upgrades for the PS5, but I never feel like they're giving me any value. Like they want me to, they want to pick me up on my legs and shake me for every penny. This but is, they don't want yeah. to give me incentives to do it. And pr- plus is a great example. Yeah, definitely. no first party titles day one. Yeah, uh, Xbox on the other hand to win you over, and I've been totally won over by Game Pass. I got on the PC every single Microsoft first first party game day one, and to top that off, now they've got Bethesda all their games day one included in Game Pass. And now they've got Activision, all their games, day one, you know. And it's like, well, fuck, I can't argue with that level of value. Whereas yes. on, on PlayStation Plus, even if I'm only paying for the multiplayer, I'm getting two old, shitty games a month. I used to get six games a month on PS4. I get PS3, PS4, PS5. Uh, and now I'm getting just, you know, like one PS5, one PS3. I think it's three games, actually, sorry, three yes. games. But it's all, it always feels like one of them is a completely, that's just like, Oh, what's the cheapest thing on the store today? Ooh, this game's only a pound. Here, put that on fucking plus. You know, it just feels like they give you shit. They don't want to give you anything of value because they've already got your money. They know you're going to keep buying it. They've had such a huge shortage of PS5s. Everyone scalped them because everyone needs one. I could buy an Xbox at any time. I had to work to buy my five PS5s. Yes. I say I worked. It was like two weeks of waiting and picking the right place but xbox i can pick up at any point no big deal i I, yeah and i think that's the thing of like playstation at the moment obviously in terms to give people an idea who don't know for the upgrades if you've got your playstation plus essential tier which is exactly the same as what you have at the moment with ps plus which is your two monthly downloadable games exclusive discounts your cloud storage and your multiplayer access that in the UK is going to be £7 a month, six ninety nine, or it's going to be £50 yearly. Then you've got your PlayStation Plus Extra, which provides all the benefits from the essential tier, but then adds a catalogue of up to 400, and that's in asterisks, of the most enjoyable PS4, PS5 games. Um, and that in the UK is 10.99 a month or it's going to be 84 pounds for the year and then if you really want to go for the premium that provides all the benefits of the essential and the extra tiers 
with an additional 340 games, up to 340 games, including selections from PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS3, as well as cloud streaming access for the original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games, PlayStation Now um, customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5, and there's also time-limited trials in this tier, potentially, for all of that, so that will cost you thirteen fifty a month or indeed a hundred pound yearly. So it's a lot to ask people to pay when they do, you'd expect they get value for money. Now to com- to give a comparison to that, right? Yes. So first of all, on Xbox I pay seven ninety nine a month for Game Pass on the PC. Yes. When I had an Xbox, which I sold because I I only ever played Game Pass. I never bought any games for it. Uh, it was like ten ninety nine, including uh, gold. And they have Xbox One, Xbox Three Sixty, and uh, the original Xbox games on there, as well as the new ones. All day one, the day it's released, you get it. So instead of going to the store and going, "Ooh, I really want this new," I guess I'm a loser. So I like Halo. I want this new Halo. Yeah. Or, or, or I'm really pathetic, and I go, ooh, Forza, there's a game. Yeah. So I go and get the new Forza. That cost me £70, or I get it immediately day one on Game Pass. Why would you not have the Game Pass? It's like, yes. why wouldn't you? There's no reason not to. You have it just to have it. It's that good for value. Yeah. Um, and every one of those games I can download on Xbox or on PC and play them back and forth and cloud and all that shit. Yes. On the PlayStation... There is probably easily 200 fucking amazing PS3 titles. Yes. And of those amazing 200 or so PS3 titles, they're giving you about 15 of them. And then a good 320 absolute trash indie garbage titles that no one gives a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Like Back to Bed and fucking the original trine or something yes and even then you can't download them you've got to stream them because for some ungodly reason even though fan modders will allow me to pirate and play ps3 games on my pc in 240 frames a second with no graphical problems of any kind playstation can't figure that out and the way i'm the way i'm told it works is they actually have actual ps3s hooked up to fucking machines that then let you stream them and the, the quality is trash. Mm. The, the input lag is ridiculous. I'm on a 600 meg download and 25 meg upload and I can't stream a fucking PS3 game without getting irritated by it. And is that to say that somewhere in the world there's just a load of PS3s that are being accessed for this service? That's the way they made it out when they first bought... Okay. Um, I can't remember what the company was called now, like a Cloud Okai or whatever it was called. They okay. bought some company. The, the way they implied it was, we have the actual PS3 hardware running live. Yes. And you stream it from a PS3. So you log it into a random PS3 somewhere in the world. Insane. And it's like, that can't be what it no. really is. No, yeah. Like, I can't imagine in my brain a server farm full of just fucking PS3. Could you imagine if there was, like, such a building? I'd love to see that site of just a sea of PS3s. Yeah, but apparently their cloud architecture, uh, sorry, the cell architecture on the CPU is that hard to replicate. Wow. That that's why they don't do it. And it's like, but fans have done it. That would be... Dickheads in their basements being like, shut up, mom, I'm fucking bonding. 
They've done it. <laughs> so how can't Sony, which is a multi-billion-dollar company worldwide, figure it out? That would be insane, though, if there was like, for example, if like Sony, because I know Sony agreed because of the super chip shortage, because of the microchip shortage with the PS5, had said we're going to be making another million PS4s in 2021. This was a story that broke last year. And there was a lot of talk about that at this stage in the PS4's life cycle. And there's already been talk of the next iteration of the PS5, which we'll come to in a second. But it amazes me, absolutely amazes me, of the idea that maybe Sony had a discussion with, you know, Sony thought, do you know what? Let's make about a thousand PS3s and just put them in a room for the purposes of streaming. Because you couldn't imagine they were like second-hand machines. They'd be 10, 15 years old. So like if Sony went out of their way to make all these machines for streaming, that's just crazy. Like the, the idea of that. And then the building goes down. Someone finds out where <laughs> that building is and goes, cut the power to the server. And then people are like, what, has there been a hack again? What's going on? But like all I'm saying is, so Xbox, they're preserving your backward compatibility. And I know it's a very much a feature that not a lot of people use, but it's very wanted. Like everyone wants it, but no. Uh, it's like a Steam library. Yes. You build a collection on Steam. You're not going to resell those games or anything. They're now yours forever. And you'll see a game that's a classic that you go, oh, I love that game. Like, ooh, the other day I picked up XCOM because it was like a buck. I'm like, oh, yeah, XCOM's a great game. I'll never fucking play it. Yes. But it was nice to buy it because now I own it. And that's the attitude that most people have. It's great to be able to have Siphon Filter 1 through 3 in Silent Hill and all these yes. PS1 classics. But how often are you ever going to play them? Pretty infrequently. Sure enough. So PlayStation doubled down on that attitude up until they've caved because of Game Pass's success. Yes. Everyone's like, yay, backward compatibility. But I think they just think it's too in. in, in too much investment to make PS3 playable again. That's why they were going to close the store down and yes. everyone had to fucking fan revolt because, I mean, I still have a working PS3 to play my PS3 games on. There was excellent titles on it. Yes. In many ways, a lot of them were ahead of their time. I think there was an element of charm lost when you have, like, the remasters of Uncharted. Uncharted 2, the first time I played the train level. Yes. I was fucking blown away that you could do that on a console. Yeah. I was blown away. I never yeah. played an Xbox game where I was blown away. Whereas now you just almost expect it. Or now what happens is... Oh, they, yeah, now we're too... We're, we're saturated they, with goodness. They remaster the game, and then they remaster it again, which is where The Last of Us Part 1, another remaster, £70 on the PS5 when it Look, comes out man, in September. I don't want to sound like Mr. Negative, because I'm actually <laughs> a gigantic game fan. I, I think, know, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, just like I'm a big f film fan. Yes. But... The problem with film and games, like everything else in People life... People like to make money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a capitalist endeavor. It's not yes. a fucking creative one. So even though you have creators making fantastic games, the bottom line is all that really matters. So like, yes. I'm a huge Dead Space fan. Sure. And Dead Space 3 wasn't the right direction. They made a few mistakes. It was still a good game, but it was not as good as Dead Space 2. It only sold like 5 million copies at 60 bucks each. They didn't think that was worth continuing. Days Gone was actually a really fun game. And PlayStation said, ah, you only sold 8 million copies. I would have expected more, so we're not going to give you a sequel. And it's like, 
Yeah, but that's still eight million copies at sixty bucks a piece. I mean, not every game is going to be GTA Five and sell one hundred and thirty million. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking rare occasion, you know. Um, and yet, at the same time, people will be making a game and sell one million, and a smaller developer like Devolver will just go give it ten sequels immediately. Yeah, and that's why we have so many fucking bullshit Hotline Miami's, which are trash, absolute fucking garbage fire games. But my point was, what I was going to say was, yes. I hate to sound so negative, because okay. this whole thing is just me shitting on everything. PlayStation bought Naughty Dog and made it a first-party company. Yes. And you can see the decline from the moment they bought it. Oh, yeah. Naughty Dog, Naughty yeah, Dog yeah. was pioneers of their field. They were. They revolutionized platforming with Crash Bandicoot. You can't play Croc or Bugsy or anything and not think, fuck, Crash did this better. Yes. The only game that comes close to being Crash is Super Mario 64 for revolutionary terms of changing the game. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? Crash, when I first played it, blew my fucking mind. Inspire is a great game, but by being full open world, they didn't have the graphical fidelity, and it would always look like a lesser man's Crash. Yes. Because yes. Crash was so full of detail. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, title. yeah, yeah. Fucking amazing. Um,. Then the Jack series on yeah. PlayStation 2. So, fucking amazing. Again, push the boundaries of what they could do. Then the Uncharted push the boundaries of what they could do on PS3. Then The Last of Us pushed the final boundaries of PS3 and the starting boundaries of PS4. And then they said, wait a minute. PlayStation wants us to make more money. Let's monetize the shit out of Uncharted 4's uh, multiplayer. Mm. Ooh, Let's do more DLC for fucking Last of Us. Wait, Last of Us was really successful. Let's remaster it. And then now, here we are. It's only been nine years, and it's a full remake. The exact same game, although yes. I'm told that Sam is actually deaf now, and Ellie knows sign language. Okay. Which is completely ridiculous to retcon, because she never uses sign language in the first or second games. Okay. Um... And, I mean, they just have no care for their fan base anymore. They just go, you're going to buy it anyway, so fuck you. Yeah. And you're gonna... Last of Us 2 is the proof of that. Last of Us 2 is a game that goes, hey, are you a fan of this game? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Give me your money. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, you want some more? Here's a remaster of the first one. Remember how much you like that one? 70 the pounds. Thing, Thank you very much. Then the next thing will be Last of Us Part 3, which will be a double fuck you. Again, you can just feel it coming. Uh, it's... Oh, people loved our multiplayer we put in Last of Us 1. So we were going to include it with Last of Us 2. Then we thought, you know what? I bet people would pay for that separately. Let's make that an entire game by itself. Multiplayer, only Last of Us. Last of Us factions the game. Oh, we had to make it a full-priced game because it was so much bigger than we expected. It's got at least four levels. Man, they just—they. Uh, it's it's a difficult. It's yeah. It, I they mean, fell so far from grace, Wayne. I I will say I will say to our listeners, if you want to hear more about Naughty Dog and you want to hear us talk more about this episode five of season one, myself and John take a massive dive into Naughty Dog. I'm still waiting for my Jack and Daxter remakes or my my follow-ups. That is the one sort of franchise that I'm like, why hasn't Naughty Dog done anything with that in years? And I mean, they'll only ruin it. But the, the... so regardless of, of all that content, 
this actually brings us as a nice segue to something else that's that's happened very recently that's causing a lot of controversy for a certain set of people Ooh, controversy and other people are going you know what this is quite reasonable and we accept this but of course as happens with gaming there is there is always a lot of people sitting in their basement writing angry letters um on behalf of those who have been offended so hideo kojima hideo kojima this this kind of came out of left field for me uh hideo kojima last week can uh, i just say before you even get into this because i remember i brought this up to you when i watched the, the live demonstration this is exactly what i'm talking about yeah about how the company that is winning doesn't fight whereas the company that is losing will give you everything you want yes because i remember sony i'm, I'm cutting ahead of you and i apologize that's all right sony went out of their way to be like we're gonna capture kojima he's gonna make us a game yay but then it was death stranding and they went and made a fake director's cut and everything to add yeah. shit to it to try and mitigate his vision because it wasn't a successful vision it was yes. very polarizing um and so now they're out the Kojima game, really. Yeah, he's still working with them and everything, but you can tell there's no power. I saw in the trades about nine months ago, he pitched a horror game to Sony. That's right. rejected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because much like Days Gone and much like a lot of other stuff, unless it's like set the world on fire from a business standpoint, who gives a shit about the creative endeavors? This is why we're going to get another absolute fucking trash God of War, which is going to be very meh average, just like the last one. And everyone's going to eat it up like yum, yum, yum. Well, I mean, this is... So this is um, this is an interesting one. So Hideo Kojima basically has partnered with... Um, he has partnered with Xbox. And he's going to create an exclusive game for Xbox. Now, uh, his horror game is allegedly titled Overdose. And stars certain actors who were also present in Death Stranding. Um, he did, you're right, develop a horror game or he tried to develop a horror game for, for Sony. And one thing he did a while ago, we had that playable demo with Norman Reedus before Death Stranding. Yeah, which was Konami's, like the final straw of Konami being a total trash yes. company as well. Yes. Because they decided it was much more value in making pachinko machines. That's right. Why pay so much money for a guy to have 150 strong you know, development when all he's making is Metal Gears and Silent Hill will never sound like a Metal Gear will. Yeah. So why bother putting the money in? But that was with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And it was going to be, I mean, fucking PT was was good. Yes. But you knew it was only a little taste. It was going to be so much better Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is the and thing. And canceling that is just fucking painful. And so Hideo, Hideo Kojima, uh, who, of course, is the, the godfather of, of Metal Gear Solid, he's... For me, I often I, I often feel, and you may feel that this is a very bizarre comment, I often think of him as like the Tarantino of gaming almost. I'm, I'm like a very sort of... I don't recall a lot of feet in his games. <laughs> well, um, that's true. That's very true. Um, big kahuna burgers. Well, uh, that's a good burger, I tell you. Um, so Hideo Kojima uh, comes out at this Xbox event and basically he goes, you know, I'm working on an exclusive game for Xbox and it's good to see you guys and lots more soon and thanks for being here ah uh, uh, but you're missing yes. the best part okay which was the best part of the sales pitch of kojima having that like what one and a quarter minute yeah. presentation yeah 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 where they showed nothing yes 
it was the fact he didn't just say, I'm making a game for Xbox. He said, I'm making a game that is only possible due to Xbox's yeah. unbelievable cloud systems. Well, PlayStation was trying to pioneer the whole cloud thing with PlayStation Now, which was a huge flop. Uh, they bought an entire cloud-based company. They bought Destiny developers Bungie yes. purely for them to instigate netcode and cloud services, not even to make Destiny content. So that was a huge fuck you to PlayStation from him. Yeah. Which I thought was fucking great. Well, Kojima basically makes this announcement, and as you can imagine, the internet goes mad. So many, many angry fanboys. I mean, I heard, Cry babies. I heard one quote online which said, what Kojima has done is tantamount to treason. That was, that was one thing I heard which I thought was hilarious. But change.org, who do a lot of these ridiculous petitions on a number of things... There was a petition began only uh, a few days ago from when this episode was recorded. And basically, this is what it says. Kojima is betraying his loyal fans. He has been blinded by greed. Bear in mind that since this point, Kojima Productions have released a statement to say, we are still working with PlayStation and anyone else for that matter. If Switch wanted to come along and pay us to make a game, we would do it, you know. We work with everyone. We're just this particular project is going to be Xbox exclusive because of, as you say, because of the hardware that's in the software available. We must. So this petition continues. We must help him come back to the winning side. Please share this petition everywhere. It says not everyone, not everyone has good enough Internet to stream games. Not everyone has enough money to buy a new console or build a new PC. By that rationale, why release a PS5 when there are still people who can't afford to buy it? It's you know. You know this is the, this is like <laughs> the argument I hear from people when they go, "Hey, if you're buying your kid an iPad for Christmas, that's great, but don't go sharing it on social media or making other people feel bad if they can't afford yes. an iPad." I'm sorry, right? If I buy my girlfriend a PS5. I tell everyone, I bought her a PS5 because I was happy that she had a PS5. Yeah. And then everyone says to me, I don't have a PS5. And I go, so? Yeah. What the fuck does that have to do with me? It, I make my decisions of how I spend my money for me. Yeah. I don't make it for the world. This is just like people complaining about the creators of Star Wars. Oh, I don't like what they're doing with Star Wars. Well, that's up to the creators. Yeah. It's their choice. You're a fan. You know, as much as I fucking hate what they did with The Last of Us Part Two, that's Neil Druckmann's choice. And I fully respect that he can do what he wants. Mm. I also think that he obviously doesn't give a shit about his fans. Yes. And obviously he just wanted to do his own little fucking little woke, woke game. Yes. Uh, and that's cool and everything. He's welcome to it. I don't begrudge that it exists. I begrudge that as a fan I wanted something different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I have never complained about it to him. I've never no. went, God, Neil, I can't believe you did that. What a fucking dick, man. Cancel like Neil. All, that's these, what I <laughs> all these sad little keyboard warrior crybabies. Oh, I'm unhappy about the way things turned out. Let's complain about it. Wait. Well, as of as of the time of this show going uh, being recorded, uh, there have been nearly 1,900 signatures of this petition. Now, I don't even know. Like they say, let's get this to 2,500. Which I think when this guy a couple of days ago, when he put this petition together, he probably thought, oh my god, 2,500. That's that's like more than I could possibly think. And he probably didn't expect it to, like, blow up as it did in the news and everyone's talking about this one petition. But arguably, even still, even if it gets to 25, they're not going to do anything unless somebody's going to write a letter 
in Japanese and they're just going to write it. Dear Mr. Kojima, you are a disgrace. Please, Kojima, knowing Kojima, he'd probably post it on his Instagram and go, thank you for the feedback, but I politely decline. And that's sort of... You know, I apologize in advance for killing your audience base because they're probably going to be like so disgusted by how negative I am or whatever. No, no. Disappear. Don't worry, guys. Next week, I'll have someone that's more positive. I'd like to think I'd like to think I have an enlightened audience. And I'd like to think I have like... <laughs> a, no, no. No, no. I'm no. just laughing at the terminology of <laughs> yes. enlightened. Enlightened my, audience. My audience enlightened. My audience at Movie Madness is fairly enlightened. Yes. And yet I still get people complaining all the time. God, Hank, you're so wrong. And why are you so fucking negative? It happens. It yeah, does. It does. Opinions, and I don't judge anyone's opinions. They can judge mine all they want. It's up to them. But. But, yes. All I'm saying is, what benefit does any of this bullshit do for anybody? Who's got the time in their life to give this much of a shit that they will go out of their way to do a fucking petition? To try and stop someone from doing their fucking job. Uh, I, I don't know where they find the time. I don't, I don't know what the perp. Do they really believe? I mean, yes. We saved Sonic the Hedgehog from looking like total, you know, uh, mutant. And made it look more like the game by everyone crying and complaining on the internet when the trailer came out. But it was, still wasn't a good movie. Oh, yeah. You know and then, I mean? and then didn't even fix anything except the visuals. And even then, they then went and used that joke in the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie, where Ugly Sonic is a character uh, in I'm that not film. Watching the Chip and Dale movie, man, doesn't even get into it's, that. It's it's unbelievable. They um, took one of my childhood favorite things and they tried to meta it. They well, tried to they tried yeah. to deconstruct it. Do you know? I would have liked that movie. I know it's. I would have liked that movie a lot more if it hadn't been for the fact that Andy Sandberg or Adams, uh, Andy Sandberg, Adam Sandberg, uh, from Brooklyn Nine. The guy who can't act. Yeah. Who's not funny? Basically, yeah. he was. He Lonely was, Island guy. Well, he was voicing. He was voicing uh, Dale, and plays the character as if he was Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Why don't I just get fucking Justin Long to play it and ruin it? Like he ruins everything. So. Um, Why is it, right? You tell me this, right? Okay, you're yes. a game show. Let's talk about games, not movies. Please. There is some fucking amazing voice actors there is. in the gaming yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Nolan North. Sure. But I only really love Nolan North when he's allowed to not be Nolan North. And what I mean by I that is you. when you hear Nolan North, he's Desmond Miles, Nathan Drake, etc. Yes. They're all the same guy. But then he does something like Sigmund from Ratchet and Clank and Crack and Time. You wouldn't even know it's him. He's that good of a voice actor. Or like the Penguin. Yes. yes. And he's very yes. rarely allowed to go off the chain like that. Yeah. Troy Baker is the same. Most games you go, oh, it's Troy Baker. <laughs> and then you hear Last of Us and you go, that's Troy Baker? Fuck yeah. me, man. He's really like channeling a whole different dude here. Yeah. And they're really talented artists who I don't really see them getting their dues in any other medium. Yeah. And I find that really weird. Like, I heard they have a cameo. They have a two-minute cameo. Him and Ashley Johnson have a cameo in The Last of Us TV show. Oh, right. It's okay. like, oh, that's nice. I mean, we only created the fucking characters. Now we get to play other characters for Green Nolan. N- Nolan had a cameo in the Uncharted movie. I won't watch it, yeah. so I wouldn't know. But I was going to say as well. Tom Holland could eat all the dicks. I'll tell you, actually, speaking of, of great voiceover actors in movie, I can't remember the gentleman's name. It's a Canadian actor, voices Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, yeah, Stephen Hogg. And I saw him in Snowpiercer. Well, yeah, he's not much of a voice actor, but he's a straight actor. actor. Right, he's in right. tons of movies. Because I was looking going, I really like what he's doing in this, but he very much, to me, when I now see Trevor, I just see him in Snowpiercer because 
it was very much like I, I think a lot of that they were playing themselves I think Michael the character of Michael was the same for the actor well I think it's it's down to a popularity thing when you get a game that's that huge it's very typecasting because I saw him in a few things before GTA like yes. um, he never died with Henry Rollins okay. uh, and he plays the villain in that and he's much more reserved and very quiet in that role and then everything post GTA 5. Yeah. He's just a fucking crazy guy. He's yeah. going nuts. Ah, let's go crazy. Because that's his Get role. your cousin that's, a drink. That's what his <laughs> life is now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to talk GTA briefly. Yeah, right? please do. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna make everyone think that I'm a total dick. I think Even GTA more so? Yeah. I think GTA 5 <laughs> is not that great of a game. Okay. I think that it's very okay. It's, yeah, you've but, said this before. You're a big fan of GTA 4, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I think GTA 4 was the uh, adult evolution of, okay. the, of the game. And it went from being like San Andreas, GTA 3, uh, Vice City. They're all very arcade, very fun. Uh, lots of, you know, you get the mayhem things and the fucking kill thing. Get 20 kills with a flamethrower in five minutes and all this rampage yes. bullshit. Very silly games that were really fun. And then they went, right, let's make a game for adults. And they made a real good story with great characters, really interesting. And it was very polarizing. Half the people seemed to love it, half the people seemed to hate it. So GTA Five, they went, let's do a middle ground where we yes. have it half ridiculous and half serious. So every time I'm getting into GTA Five on the story, I'm only talking about the story side, but yeah, I'm not talking sure. about the gameplay is fantastic yeah. GTA Five. Yeah, 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 Car yeah. plays fantastic, graphics are amazing. Even on the remaster, here we are, what, 12 years later? Easily, yes, easily. Still stands up as having phenomenal graphics and phenomenal gameplay. But from like a story standpoint, I couldn't give a fuck about any of the characters because they change their dynamics like every third chapter of the game. No one has a consistent attitude. Even Michael, who's the only character that's played kind of straight, changes his perspective every five minutes. He wakes up in the back of his car. I'm throwing my life away, buddy. Okay, I gotta keep it hiding because I'm a thing. Let's crash into this fucking building. Well, that was great, kid. Uh, I'll tell you what, young black boy. Come hang out at my house sometime. Okay, I'm here, man. What's up, dog? I told you to come here. All right, fuck it. In that case, let's go on a rampage. What? Yeah. None of this jives with the character he is in the chapter before that or the chapter after that. Yeah. They just they just change it whatever the writer wants at that moment, and then the ending. Uh, for spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know, GTA Four has two possible endings, and they're both dour as fuck. It ends on such a dark note. No matter how good you play the game, no matter what decision you make, the game tells you it was all for nothing. And everything you did, you're a horrible person, and the world sucks. Crime doesn't pay. Crime doesn't pay. And then GTA Five, they go, oh, shit, man, you got to kill either Trevor or Franklin or Michael. Fuck it, let's save them all. And there's even an option to just let no one die, and everyone goes away with a happy ending. It's the most Hollywood bullshit gay crap I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man, honestly. I just don't get why you can't make serious games. But then again... It's such a gigantic success, I shouldn't complain, because they obviously did it right. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm the, I'm the minority in that one on opinions, and, I think. And not only, not only are they still like getting money out of people for the game online, they've now recently introduced this GTA subscription, £5 a month, and you get like little ads on. Yeah, so like, late the day to release yeah, that. It's a weird yeah. cash grab, that one. That's an interesting one. Very um, weird. 
but um, it's it's like it's it's like anything. It's just um, it's insane. And I think, as you say about GTA Four, a lot of people were probably much like yourself were really into that. And then the keyboard warriors came along. How dare you try something new? Just go back to the stupidity. Just make another game that that just like doesn't have such socio-political terms. I, yeah. which is ironic. Well, I heard I heard one person in particular said they couldn't get into the game because Nico Bellic was ugly. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry that not everyone is fucking Ryan Gosling. It's interesting how we've almost come full circle now where when they were making The Last of Us 2, it was like, let's make the most like politically divisive or like one of the most politically divisive games we can. You know, let's really try and like insert storylines that in reality should not be in a game. Um, you know, it, it yeah. Um, All I'm saying is, yes. right? when you, yes. if you were to talk about that, the, the political side. You might want to cut this from your episode. I don't know. All right. um, we live in a very woke society. One we do. That, one thing that bothers me a lot about people today in general, on both sides of the aisle, both woke and unwoke and all that, is they look at art like as if it's something that happened today but only earlier in the sense that, you know, here's a movie from 1955 or a game from 1982. Well, that doesn't fit today's standards. Therefore, it's unacceptable or we should change this about it, we should change that about it. It's like, well, no, that was a different time and place. Art is frozen in time. Like uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, it's too many tits in that, man. It's, he's so vulgar. He's such a misogynist. He's such a chauvinist. It's like, well, A, that is his fucking character. But B, this was the 90s, and it was different time back then. It was accepted, move on. And people don't want to do that. They want to look at it like, oh, anything today should affect whatever happened yesterday. Well, one of the things that pisses me off about The Last of Us Part Two is it's the exact same situation, but the opposite. It's using today's talking points in a theoretical 30 years in the future timeline yes. where there's, what, 10% of the population left? Yeah. Everyone's starving and yeah. fighting for food and unable Big to survive. sandwiches. Yeah. And yet we still care about gender, uh, gender theory, gender ideologues, racial, you know, critical race theory. All these things are still prevalent. Because, you know, you know, it wasn't really big deal in, like, say, well, I don't know, 1909? Yeah, when they were in the trenches during World War One, I, I very much doubt they were thinking about, like, specific civil rights and civil liberties. It was yeah. more about the will to survive, the need to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you know what I bet's not happening in the Ukraine right now? Anyone complaining about the fact that someone mispronounced them? Yes. Like, you have bigger fish to fry. And oh, this is it. You're, you're, you're literally running around the world. Stabbing people, shooting them in the face, trying not to get killed yourself. At no point would you be going, yeah, I I would feel so much better if I was wearing a bra doing this. I mean, it's an established sort of, it's a psychological thing. It's the order of needs that you establish yeah. what you need immediately. That's what I'm saying. I yes. have no problem yes. with people's political agendas in sure. general. But I think there's certain attitudes that don't need to go into every facet. Yes, yes. And I think that The Last of Us works much better in an apocalyptic it's like Mad Max yes you don't watch Mad Max and think to yourself this is great but where's my uh, trans representation yes I, I'm not happy that I'm not seeing enough black faces in um, in this 100% white demographic of Australia out back in the future I wish they had more <laughs> aborigines yes you know what I mean it's not fair 
There needs to be more proportional representation. Exactly. Yeah. And all this shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> look, man, I get that everyone wants to be seen and heard and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, art doesn't give a fuck about those things. No, true. True. It doesn't. I'm not offended when I watch a movie and there's five black dudes in a room. Yeah. But if I was black, I should be offended if there's five white dudes in a room. That doesn't make any sense to me. But I also get, as a white man, or as a, as a 40-year-old man, or however you want to put it, I do get offended when I watch something and it's one white guy with one Asian girl, with one trans person, with one black dude, and then one really flamingly gay guy, and they're all meant to be 100% best of pals. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how those things naturally fall into position. Yeah. You know, yeah, people, yeah. people have an, a sense of tribalism yes. in them built yes. in and you know, groupthink. A great example of that is how st uh, universities in America and everywhere have like safe spaces now, where it's like color coordinated, forced, you know, basically voluntary segregation. It's madness. Well, if everyone really wanted to be pals and wanted to all be, uh, you know, equal, you wouldn't need those spaces. We'd yes. all just be hanging out together, like the way that the media like to like to represent it. Yeah. Which would be a better world, in fairness. No, absolutely, absolutely. But hey, I only like things that bring people together, and I'll take them apart. I'm like, I'm going to quote the Hulk here. Yes. Walls only keep people apart. <laughs> Drop the walls. I, I think that's that's exactly what we should do. We should we should break those walls down. Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down now. Exactly. I'd like to, uh, first of all, actually, before we go anywhere, I'd like to, to say a couple of things. The first is a very, very happy birthday to Henry, who's turning oh, fuck 40 you. this week. So... I'm going to bring that up. My balls have officially descended to the level of my ankles. <laughs> I'm old. I'd also, I'd also That's like... That's why I sound so bitter. <laughs> I'd also like to say a very special thank you to uh, New Enterprise Studios of Sunderland, England, who have allowed us to record this show in their phenomenal Studio D. And uh, I encourage you guys out there, whether you're based in England or not, to check out New Enterprise Studios online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Get on their website check them out what they can do for both studio hire equipment rental filmography videography web design social media management and much much more besides um we have a phenomenal season coming up there is a lot that we're going to be talking about including the fact that there is a new final fantasy game coming in the winter of 2023 Yay. And uh, you said Final you Fantasy. you said though you said you wanted to call it now though you wanted to timestamp it that the three oh, Final yeah. Fantasies yeah yes, now that yes. they've officially announced it's going to be a trilogy yes and they won't reveal the third title I want to call it now that it's going to be Revenge okay Final Fantasy Seven Revenge so we've had remake and then the new one is Rebirth for those who don't know and then you're saying that the third one will heretofore at some point in the future it will be revenge yeah because doesn't, doesn't he have to like uh... Sephiroth kills Aerith so the idea yeah. is that Cloud in the original game anyway the Sephiroth idea is Sephiroth kills um... Aerith yeah yeah Sephiroth kills Ares, and then the idea is Final that Cloud effectively goes mad or into a catatonic state, and then once he comes out of it, he's like, I have to avenge, you know, Ares' death, and I have to defeat Sephiroth and save the world. Whether or not that will happen, who knows? I'm just... Uh, Final Fantasy VII. I'm just waiting... The Hobbit of video games. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting to spend time in the gold saucer. That's, that's all I care about. Um... 
just run around the fairground and just play those video games. It's only a 78-page book. Let's turn it into three movies. <laughs> That's only two discs. Let's turn it into three fucking games. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, let's make them all full-priced as well. I can't. That sounds good. Let's um, make sure they take five years apart as well. Henry. Because you should go through three <laughs> console generations for these three games. Henry, despite your repeated cynicism, Square I would, Enix, fuck you. I would like, I would. Well, that's great. Well, they made Guardians of the Galaxy. You're enjoying no, I'm that. Saying, I'm oh, Square right. Enix. I'm saying, fuck you. Gotcha, gotcha. I see what you did. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show. I'd like to say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here because Was it has it? been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> oh, good. It has. <laughs> it has been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it very much, and uh, as I say, I look forward to a lot more in the very near future. Before we go, can yes. I Jerry Springer this? And of give course some you final can. Thoughts? Of course you can. Okay. What I What is like, What is Jerry's final thought? I'd like to say, everybody, you know, there's a lot of tension in the world. There's a lot of negativity and all this sort of stuff, but. Even though I've been lured here to talk shit about games, lured. Um, I don't remember luring you. Oh, I maybe you I were did. like, "Oh, you're really angry about this. Come talk about it." <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did it. lure yeah. you. Um, I want to talk about a few Gosh. positives. I okay. want to lend a few positives. Yes, please. Know, a couple yes. of highlights, yes. a couple of uplifts. Um, you know, I want to say, as much as I have a lot of negativity to a lot of things, uh, especially toward PlayStation as a brand these days, because they just. Oh, they just want all my money. They want everyone's money. They don't give a fuck if you enjoy it anymore. Um, I am very excited for the Callisto Protocol. It looks like a really good unofficial remake of Dead Space. I mean, it's fucking hands down on a homage. It's definitely a complete ripoff. But I'm looking forward to it. Glenn <laughs> Schofield's doing it. Glenn Schofield's got a good track record. Um, there has been some really great 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 games lately and i think whether you're playing on xbox or whether you're playing on playstation some of these you can only play on one or the other obviously or even on pc now because everything's playstation xbox all coming to pc or even switch there i said it keep no, going no there's no such thing as a good game on switch <laughs> i played mario odyssey it was very meh hey you know what what's what was mario most known for his constant changing of hats let's make that a gimmick fuck off everyone you said you said positive Positive. Yeah, well, yes. I'm just Sorry. saying yes. you're the one who brought up the fucking uh, okay, the okay, gimmick machine. I let's let's agree to disagree on that. Positive, please. <laughs> please, positive. It's okay. I hear Xbox Game Pass is coming to the Switch next year. Yeah, I've heard Funny that too. Enough. Actually, if yeah. that actually happens, that'll be a huge fucking <laughs> it will, deal. It that'll will. It will. Gigantic. It will indeed. You'll have to stream all the games. Yeah, totally. There's no, there's no fucking hardware in that thing. Yeah, it's basically a phone. Well, that's how Control works. You do cloud-based gaming to oh, play Control God. on the Switch. But there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's that's one of the things I was going to mention was Control came out a couple of years ago. So I think it was the two-year anniversary, like a couple of days ago. Yes. And that is a fucking phenomenal game. I was very blown away by that. I think that Remedy have hit it out the park. Um, what was even funnier, though, was uh, Max Payne 3's anniversary came up. And, and Rockstar's like, we're going to make a huge announcement. So everyone's like, oh, my God, maybe Max Payne 3 is getting remastered. And they announced they're going to release the soundtrack on vinyl <laughs> for, like, the eighth anniversary. Aww. So Remedy immediately that same week said, oh, we're going to remaster Max Payne 1 and 2 then. So that I'm looking forward to. That's going to be exciting. Okay, okay. Um, and there has been some really good, you know, the Spider-Man game was absolutely tremendous. Guardians of the Galaxy is a really fun game. Um, there has been some really great stuff out there and even though I get 
crapped on by people with like Battlefield 2042. They decided not to give me the game that everyone wanted. They're slowly fixing that. And there's so many positive reasons to be a, a gamer these days. And it's so nice to have that to uh, fall back on when life is getting tough and life is getting difficult and all the prices of everything is rising and it just seems like it's no point in even being alive anymore. And then a really good game comes along and takes the, takes your mind away from it and fills your heart with a new exciting story and characters and things to run away with. I, and think, I think it's yeah. just a fantastic escape. Such I think a that no, escape. I think you're right there. I think that's a really positive message. Even even the front page of one of the newspapers today in England was like 11% inflation. Hell is coming. And I thought, God, there are so many people who are suffering in, in not only England, but all across the world right now and who have had a very difficult two and a half years since yep. the beginning of the pandemic. And to tell them all of those bad things, you have no idea. It's only going to get worse. And I thought, actually, a bit of positivity, a bit of escapism is, is good for the soul, is good for the psyche. Hugely. Yeah. I mean, I'll have, I'll have a really tough day. And uh, everything's everything's just everything's coming up shit, you know. It happens yeah. sometimes. You have those bad days, and on those days, as much as I do like to watch movies all day and everything, that's a passive activity. The positive thing about gaming over movies is it's an active activity yes. that takes your mind and distracts it fully. Yeah, you're distracting your hands, you're distracting your motor skills, you're distracting your eyes, you're distracting your ears, you're distracting everything. It's not just lying in a bed or watching on a couch, watching a movie passively, and like. The other day, I remember very particularly, I was like, God, life is really getting me down. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Fuck it. I'll, I'll play a game for half an hour or something. And I jumped on uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a very good game, but I'm playing it through, and I've already done a lot of it and everything. And then suddenly, uh, I unlocked that you can actually get the sun wings and fly them around. And I thought, oh, my God, I can fly these fuckers now. And I was just having a whale of a time flying this <laughs> thing around. I'm like, I'm exploring every bit of this map now. And I just flew around the whole map for like a good 40 minutes. Nice. And I didn't even realize how much time was flying away until I until I realized that everyone had left the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, is it time for bed? Oops. And I love that about gaming, that it can take you away. Yes. And it's, it's up to you how much of it you do. And so, yeah. I hope everyone goes out and plays a nice game and gets some shredder on or something and enjoys yeah. themselves. Totally. Ignore all my negativity. There's negativity in all of life, but there's so many positives to be had. I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in all of your words during the show. I'll it's been, it's been absolute it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> he's too uh, he's too complimentary to me, guys, it's, honestly. It's been an absolute pleasure and um and hopefully, as I say, uh, we will we will see you all soon again. I love that idea of escapism. That's why I'm I'm currently replaying uh, Mad. <laughs> And uh, thank you so much, guys. Take care. Speak to you soon. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.